Welcome to LifeWords Day by Day. In the Chronicles of Narnia, which is a story written by C.S. Lewis, the author has two girls, Susan and Lucy, getting ready to meet Aslan, the lion, who represents Christ. Two talking animals, Mr. and Mrs. Beaver, prepare the children for the encounter. Oh, said Susan, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. That you will, dearie, said Mrs. Beaver. And make no mistake, if there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or else just silly. I wonder if that isn't a good word for us this day when it comes to how we should approach God. Is there a sense of knee-knocking fear when you come before God? Should there be? Or should we be completely free from fearing God since we are His children? Well, I don't know about you, but even as a grown man, I'm not completely free of the fear of my own father. I wouldn't dare cross him because I've seen him in action. I mean, my only chance of survival would be to run because he's had major knee surgeries on both knees. But it seems that in the church, we can be missing a fear of the Lord. In the book of Acts, we have seen Christ empower the church through the Holy Spirit. And from the get-go, the church has been under attack. The church is attacked from the outside in Acts chapters 2 through 4. And finding no crack in the church armor, Satan slyly sought another form of attack in Acts chapter 5. And the result of what takes place in this passage of Scripture is so very needed for us today. Here's what we need to see in this passage. A biblical and holy fear of the Lord will protect the church and you when Satan tries to sneak in. A clearer picture of what's going on in Acts 5 is gained when you read it together with the end of Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 37, which is a summary statement, here's what's described. is that the, the people are of one heart and soul. There's great power. There's great grace. And what do we see the church doing? We see the church move into action to care for its own. So much so that the generosity was so great that people were selling their land and possessions to help those in need. When the Spirit of God invades a life, what inevitably happens is that our grip on our things is loosened while our attachment to people and Spirit-filled unity is strengthened. And one specific example of this is given to us at the end of Acts chapter 4 in the person of Barnabas, the son of encouragement. I mean, what a time to be a part of the church. Thousands of people joining each Sunday, it seemed. And during the invitation, many of the people were coming down to hand the apostles deeds to land or cash from the sale of the land. Please, pastor, use this to help take care of our brothers and sisters. Well, one particular Sunday, a couple comes down front. They've been moved by all they have seen. They've been moved by the acts of generosity of others. They take Pastor Peter by the hand and they say, we have a piece of property that that we would like to do without. We want to sell it and give all the proceeds to the church. Pastor Peter, with tears in his eyes, hugs them close and he says, may God bless you. But somewhere between that moment and what transpires in Acts chapter 5, a thought entered Ananias' heart. He says, I can sell this land and no one at the church will know how much I sold it for. And even though I promised to give it all, I can keep just a few bucks back for me and the wife, and no one will know. The church will get a favorable size offering. People will think we are loving and generous, and me and Sapphira 
will have a nice nest egg. Everyone wins. And it's here that the side door swings open through which Satan walks. Subtle, isn't it? But look at how Peter describes the situation. Acts chapter 5 verse 3. Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? So subtle and sly that most of us would never say that Satan had filled Ananias' heart. In fact, you still may be wondering what the big deal is. It was Ananias' land to sell. Shouldn't he have the right to do with it what he wants? Well, absolutely he should. And that's exactly what Peter tells him. Ananias, it was yours to do with what, whatever you wanted to do with it. And you promised God and this church that all the proceeds would go here, and yet you have kept back some of it for yourself. You have embezzled what you offered to God. You have stolen from God. And you are letting people think that you have given all, when in reality, you have not. Now at this point, you may think that Peter is just after the money or that God is simply greedy for money, but you missed the whole point. Neither God nor Peter really care about the money. What concerns Peter is that Ananias made it okay in his own heart to lie to God. What concerns Peter is that the unity of the church is being divided. The church was of one heart and mind, but now Ananias is double-minded. He still had one foot firmly planted in the world. And here's what we need to see. Satan seeks a subtle entrance through you by which he seeks to divide and destroy the church, your church. Well, how would the church be divided and destroyed by what Ananias has done? Wouldn't things just rock and roll like normal if no one ever found out? Well, that's just it. It would seem like everything on the surface was fine, but in reality, they wouldn't be of one heart and one mind. And God's not concerned with what things look like. He's concerned for how they really are. And in this instance, you have a couple who are more concerned for their well-being, their perceived status in the church, than they are the movement of the church or the exaltation of Christ. John Stott wrote about this passage, and he said that they weren't concerned about relieving the poor, but with fattening their ego. And when that's the attitude of the members of the church, you better believe that disruption is right around the corner. For Ananias and his wife, death was at the door. Somewhere along the way, Ananias and Sapphira stopped walking with the Lord day by day, moment by moment. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 13 tells us to exhort one another every day so that no one may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. How long does it take for your heart to become calloused by sin? Well, the author of Hebrews seems to think not even one day. The book of Acts raises the question, what fills your heart? Three times up to this point, we have seen people filled with the Spirit. We have seen people filled with wonder and amazement. But now we see a person's heart filled with Satan. It can be subtle, so we must stay on guard. When it comes to the things of God, don't be foolishly brave, because it'll turn out to be that you were just silly. When you pray today, Pray for Alicia Sampson and her husband Chris as they serve in the Philippines. Also, remember our Swahili broadcast heard throughout Africa.